Welcome to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. I'm your host, Nathan Callanan, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jack Lynch. We're coming to you from Melbourne, Australia, where it's currently 1.07 p.m. on Monday, the 18th of January, 2021. On today's show, we'll be discussing... There's not much happening, JL, so we'll just be discussing... Very, very light on topics. Yeah, uh, anything... Anytime anything tries to get going in the NBA, then COVID just comes and postpones it. So light on topics, we'll be discussing a bit of the Blazers and how they're struggling and now Nurkic's injury. Um, I'll get you to talk about the Celtics for, you know, the three hours that you'll go on for. I was going to say 20 minutes, but if you want three hours, I can get three hours out of it. I want to mention the Warriors and how they're faring with their, you know, race to get in the top eight of the Western Conference. And also, I wouldn't mind mentioning maybe the Mavs and Lou Dort. Just, he gets his own category. He's that good, he deserves it. He's so good. It's going to be a great show. It's time for tip-off. When he's sticking you and taking all your money. Ladies and gentlemen, please do not, do not throw anything on the board. You can enter the player on either team. Decker's going to the power. Oh, he falls down. surprised by that and and the players are telling him not to be doing that when he's sticking you and taking all your once again welcome to the bronx cheer basketball show i'm joined by a guy who didn't drop a triple double in his nets debut the other day jl how are you I dropped triple doubles for playing uh killer e grade that's for sure <laughs> um yeah i'm all right can't complain how are you not too bad. I am dressed so formally for all our YouTube uh, viewers. Good. <laughs> Very nice. I've just come from my lovely girlfriend Taylor's uni graduation photos. So I had to get on a shirt, which is, it's like so foreign to me, putting on a collared top. Buttoning up. Yeah. Um, and that's what I've come from. So that's why I'm wearing that today. I'm good. Did you catch the Harden debut against the magic the other day i was at work so naturally of course i had it on um <laughs> i tried to pay as much attention to it as possible I had no sound on so i couldn't really hear what anyone's saying but it was sort of a i don't know i didn't really know what to take from it because i didn't think he was as good as you know 34 point triple double or whatever he finished with yeah but then as soon as the game finished you check the box score and it's like did that really just happen so who knows? It's, oh, and KD had for memory. 40, 42. 40, 42. Oh, it's just, it is a bit scary to be honest. And, and so conspiracy theory out there, Kyrie Irving, uh, who was ready to play against the magic and now he'll play the next game, blah, blah protocols. Did Kyrie Irving act like ultra bitch, even though he's, you know, been a real bitch um, a lot of the time in his career. Did he act like that and tank his value so that the Rockets wouldn't trade for him and now they have their big three? 
It's a big conspiracy. <laughs> but it, uh, who knows what goes to that man's mind is all it comes down to because he genuinely may very well have. And there's, we'll never know. He probably didn't realize he's doing it himself. But <laughs> oh, he's, who knows with Kyrie? I think it's just easier if you just don't talk about him because you can't get anything wrong. So in that uh, week that he took off for personal reasons and now he's going to get fined by the NBA or miss out on salary for over 800,000 US dollars. And I think overall he's going to end up having copped. I saw something like over one and a half million US dollars sort of in losses for all his uh, antics. I look, I don't, I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist and I don't believe many of them, but I will entertain them. And I definitely invite that one because even the nets, it's not just him. The nets could have just been like, Hey mate, just, just, Look like an idiot. The you've Rockets, done it before. you know, we'll tell <laughs> no, no, no one will suspect a thing if you you disappear. <laughs> That's it. And you and I, or especially I, was making the jokes. Yeah, uh, if Kyrie Irving doesn't retire, if Kyrie, you know, it was like he was going to retire. You know, there's stuff like that. Genius, if it was planned, essentially. He's a for an idiot. He's sometimes clever. So. Anyway, a broken clocks, a broken clocks right twice a day. <laughs> uh, anyway, the Eastern Conference favourites, Brooklyn Nets, uh, won against the Magic, and Harden had a triple double in his debut. Looked very happy to be there. Fourteen uh, assists was the yeah, twelve rebounds, and and it, fourteen assists was the tied uh, franchise high for the Nets. So it would have been nice if he could have broken it in his first game, but. They look pretty scary, and I'm sure we're going to be talking about them all season long. Kyrie, did you notice that um, trade Kyrie was t- trending on Twitter instantly after the first game? I did not. It was all over Twitter, and I we mentioned this already. Like, how does the fit work? And I kept using the term "they're not as good as the sum of the parts." But it's like, do you trade? You know, fifty cents to the dollar and take in two worst players, but get a defensive big man and a good bench score or something like that for Kyrie because that fit would work so much better. Like uh, Vucevic had what? 34 on 4 and a 22, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 5 steals. He should not be doing that in any game. Yeah. But there was just no one there to defend the ring. So I don't think they should trade Kyrie yet. But hypothetically, as we mentioned, there is a chance that it just doesn't work because they're all such... ISO dominant scorers. Yeah. But if it doesn't work and they're not meshing, you've got a perfectly good reason to get rid of him because you've got two of the best scorers of all time already on the perimeter. You don't need a third that's going to get you 24 on decent efficiency. The Nets will be talked about for lots and lots, but going outside the Nets, departing from them, was Karis Levert in that trade and he went to Mm -hmm. the Pacers and he essentially had a hiccup in his uh, medical, you know, on his way there. They've after an, they did an MRI and it revealed that he has a, a mass on his left kidney. So he will be out indefinitely. And I think the rockets gave the paces an extra second round pick and also two some point cash. Yeah. Some cash considerations, 2.6 million. We hope that Karis Levert uh, has a speedy recovery. That doesn't sound yeah. good. A mass on his left kidney. I think, I mean, they haven't released anything yet. 
but if they're worried about it, like could very well be cancerous or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then the, the Pacers owner was at the GM came out and said, they're still expecting him to play towards the end of the season. Well, they hopefully might play towards the end of the season. Um, which that's a, it's a yep. lot of expectation and pressure to put on a young guy. That's, you know, something's going on. So yeah, don't know the full story yet, but it's not good either way. Yeah. So let's get into another injury and this will lead us into a team talk. Yusuf Nurkic fractured his right wrist and is out for at least eight weeks. Zach Collins, I think before the season started had injury at, sorry, He's been injured forever, but he had surgery and will be out indefinitely. Their big man problems continue. They yeah. let go um, Hassan Whiteside in the offseason because why wouldn't you? However, you probably, to get rid of him. you probably would say that Hassan Whiteside is a better defender than Ennis Cantor, who they love like <laughs> as a son. Oh, Cantor. Now Cantor is their starting center. Um, let me just refer to their most recent game. He's their starting center, and who the hell would even be coming off the bench? They beat the the Hawks, and this is a very so they start a canter. Harry Giles the third is the for Harry Giles the third. Who's I love a, Harry Giles. You do, but he's a power forward. Yeah, they're going to be relying on Ennis Cantor. A couple of pods ago, I talked about how I was worried about the Blazers and one may point at me and say that, Naif, the Blazers, like we did all this last two weeks ago, Naif, the Blazers are fine. They are currently fifth in the West, eight and five. But if you watch some of their games, Dame's numbers, his basic numbers, haven't been hit or anything but he just mm. hasn't started in like dame like oh he's so underrated you know fashion like yeah why isn't people watching this you know you're watching him the start of this season yes he's had some 39s and a couple of 40s or whatever the shit is but the blazers do not feel like what they're trying to be you know they gave up a couple of uh first round draft picks to acquire robert covington and covington has started terribly this season he's shooting his lowest field goal percentage ever which is currently 29 percent from the field which even in his process sixes days was not better than that and he's he's only shooting 30 percent from three and he's a career 35 percent um shooter i don't currently have his um Defensive numbers, they look all right just from the steals and stuff like that. However, he needs to be making threes and he needs to be making shots. I am seriously worried that the Blazers might find themselves in another playing game where I had them fighting for four to six instead of, you know, eight it's, to ten. It's the same old story with the Blazers. The Blazers. The um the trailblazer curse, I suppose. Like I swear to God they've just always got an injury. Yeah, always. And like this season, well, we've just spoken about this. Season. Last season was Zach Collins again and Nurkic for half of it. The year before it was Nurkic when he snapped his leg. Um, Brandon Roy's knees went, Greg Oden went, even back to like the the Jordan draft. Sam Bowie was picked before Michael Jordan. His knees went. Um, Bill, Ru- uh, not Bill Russell, Bill Walton as well. The, you know, he, he won an MVP in a championship and then his knees dis- disintegrated. So, 
I don't know what's happening in Portland, but for the last like 50 years, there's always something. Yeah. And was it Dame that tweeted? I think yep. Dame said like, as someone, all, yeah. every year there's always something. There's always something. And it's and, just like, and just add it's to true. It. Like you can't, and I was like, his career is probably going to, he doesn't want to leave the Blazers and no. maybe he will one day, maybe he won't. But you're going to look at his career and think, he got out of the second round once, got swept in the conference finals, got swept by the Pelicans, you know, in the first round. His career is going to look very average on paper, but it doesn't really take in the circumstances. Just every single year there's been something. He's forever came out and claimed that he is so loyal. He'd rather be, you know, and it's, you know, a lot of them say that, but he says it so often. He seems like he really is a one-team player and wants to lead them. Yeah. However, you said it in the past that being an undersized guard, you know, just being a small player in the basketball NBA playoffs, it's hard if you're the best player on the team because, you know, it's just it's easier to stand closer to the ring and be taller. Mm. And in and, and defense... Especially you can't take over on defensively that that's like a right. can. Yeah. And that's why the whole NBA is transitioning to, but the, there's the whole, oh yeah, positionless basketball, you know, but it's all because you want versatile wings. You don't want small guys. Yeah. You want guys that can defend multiple positions. And unfortunately for the Blazers sake, they've got two extremely talented offensive guards that both can't defend <laughs> because they're both undecided. It's not like they don't try. Yeah. It reminds me of like Isaiah Thomas when he was playing for Boston and he's putting up 27 a game, but everyone's like, he's the worst defender in the league. He's not trying. And you watch him and he's busting his ass. He's yep. just tiny. That's so it. I think the Blazers are stuck in no man's land. And I did say recently, like, and CJ's having a great year, but I think they've got to have to move CJ eventually. Yeah. Because you're not going to win with two guys at six foot three that can't defend we, you know, they're not going to take you through to the finals. I just wonder, uh, so, I mean, not that you should, you know, bank your life on Paul George's words because when he speaks, you know, he's a, he can be a bit untrustworthy. But I just want, so he said that the Pacers didn't really care about aiming for a championship. They were always happy to, you know, be overachieving and be very solid, which they are. Like it's a fits the description of what the paces are. This Blazers not editing the fundamentals or editing or I don't know. I need a better word, but not t- uh, tinkering with the fundamentals of Dame, CJ, and Terry Stotts, and bringing back someone like Cantor and nothing else. You know, to sort of, they could have done though to back that up. No, but they didn't have to bring back Cantor. You know, they just they needed a big, and he was the only one available. Like, the, it wasn't that they thought he was a good player and he played well from last time. It was like we don't have another option. Yeah, but I I honestly think they might have been better off. Call me crazy, but with the Sun White side, and I think he would have stayed. I because at the end of the day, they Dame and CJ are the guys on offense. Mm. Hassan Whiteside can at least, you know, bang in the paint and defend. Cantor is not terrible defending, but he's just... Yes, he is. But he's, <laughs> I've never seen a worse pick and roll defender in my life. <laughs> but on the pick and roll, he gets murdered. And, oh. he, and just it's just simple stuff. He always looks like he's trying, but he gets murdered. Been, was it the Warriors game a few weeks ago I was watching? 
I think it was Portland versus the Warriors. And the commentators are like, every possession, go at Canter. <laughs> and I think Wiggins scored in like four possessions in a row because they just set a screen switch and Wiggins would take it at Canter. If Wiggins is scoring, you know, you're doing something wrong. Yep. But then Canter scored on all four possessions returning. And they're like, oh, well, maybe he's holding his own. You know, what he takes on defense, he gives on offense. And then he didn't score the rest of the game. Wiggins had like 28. <laughs> I just, I really, really fear for the Blazers. Um, and yeah. also, CJ McCollum is out in their game tomorrow because he's got a sprained mm-hmm. ankle. I would say that we're going to get some serious Dame uh, usage over this week with Nurkic out. You'd, you'd hope so. Nurkic is out for, yeah, at least the eight weeks. And now McCollum. Um, I'm scared for the Blazers, but we'll have to see. And we'll have to see how their, as I said, their their fundamentals, who gets sort of, you know, dealt first. Is it Terry Stotts? Is it CJ? um, I like Stotts. Yeah, I like him. What what you said was right. Like they are, they constantly overachieve. So Stotts has never been, you know, the hot seat at all. They've never thought about moving on from him because he's still doing his job. It's just like, at what point do they... I guess when you never advance past your expectations, you sort of match them every year. Yeah. The expectations don't grow. They haven't had a hot playoff run where they've, you know, gone to the conference finals and pushed it to six or seven games. So they made it through to the conference finals due to injuries and got swept convincingly. So there's never been a like, oh, they're close, but they need to take that extra step and make a big move. It's just like, we're sitting here. This is what it is now. So... That's it. I don't think Stotts will go, but I think one of CJ... Dame's not going. I think CJ's the odd man out there. Going to be interesting. Uh, Moving on just quickly, the Washington Wizards fear that Westbrook has suffered a major setback with his quadricep injury. He's expected to miss at least three to four weeks. Now, I haven't actually checked the numbers on this, but the Wizards are three and eight, and I may be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure those three wins have all been when Westbrook's out. (laughs) And a lot of people, at least two of them have been, um, a lot of people have, you know, making the jokes that Wizards are so much better off without Westbrook. I would concur and agree with that because I really don't think that Russell Westbrook has much value in this league anymore. Um, That's me being harsh though. That's very harsh. He's still better than Cameron Payne. Like when, you can't try and tell me he's not better than someone like that. When does Russell Westbrook, sorry, not Westbrook, when does Bradley Beal do a James Harden or a you name him, maybe not a Harden. Get me, out, get me out of here. Get me out of here. Get me to the sixes. <laughs> when does, anyway, when does Bradley Beal do that? How it's long? It's getting closer by the day. Yeah. How long are you giving it? <sighs> Bill, it's the same same old story where I like playing for this city. I want to win here, but I don't I don't buy it when Bill says it. There's no way he's he's ready to get out as soon as possible. Yep, and but I just don't know when. And as much as he might be known of recent times for scoring, and you know Washington just do not defend or guard, he actually actually likes a bit of a defensive task. And mm. so surely, as he was quoted with a couple of weeks ago saying, we can't guard a parked car, um, surely the defensive um, Scott Brooks scheme is really pissing him off. And <laughs> Scott Brooks might be the most useless coach in the league. <laughs> 
Anyway, no, I don't know how he got a job post OKC, but here we are on year five, I'm pretty sure. This is his fifth year in Washington. Yeah, it's funny. And he still doesn't know how to coach. I think that Bradley Beal might ask out within the next, definitely, I reckon the next 12 months. Because even if Westbrook comes back and plays well, in my opinion, my Westbrook dislike opinion. Yeah, I don't, you, love, you love that man. I, I don't think that he helps at all and they just end up real bad. And and there's no complaining that John Wall's out or whatever the thing is. So we'll see about Bradley Beal. Yeah. The Boston Celtics, who are currently uh, still second on the ladder, um, you know, and their win percentage is still got them second in the Eastern Conference, even though they missed about 10 games last week due yeah. to COVID protocols. You are a Boston fan, as many of our listeners already know. Um, well, well spotted, mate. <laughs> Give me a... I feel like we haven't talked about them enough, basically, this season. Give me a bit of an insight on how the Celtics are going. I'll just click on their sort of shit right now. Tell me all about Peyton Pritchard. Fast PP, or P-Rabbit, which is an awful nickname, I think. Um, he, he looks good. He's been he good. just he holds the ball. He there are times where he reminds me of Steve Nash, not in terms of like being comparable player at all. And I don't know how much Steve Nash you watched, but he never ever ever gave up his dribble. Yeah, and like my memories of Steve Nash would be he drive left right doesn't matter, and go towards the ring, get cut off, and just loop all the way back out to the three point line and draw two defenders, and then his center like Amari Stoudemire or someone is just standing alone under the ring. And Pritchard's got that about him. No matter what he's doing, just always holds his dribble. And that's such an underrated skill for point guards, I think. I'm very excited about Pritchard and also Taco Fall banking in threes. Did you see that? Two. Foot was on the line. Oh, was it a two? His size 22 sneakers are ah. <laughs> too long. It got, re- re- got adjusted afterwards, which is such a shame. Now, do your absolute best to try and take off your biased brain and hat at the moment. Impossible. Impossible. I know, I know it's impossible. But Kemba made his return from injury today. Jason Tatum's still out with COVID protocols. Mm-hmm. When this team is fully fit, which hopefully mm-hmm. we get to see each team fully fit for at least five minutes this season. The hospital Celtics are... It, that's an every season thing too. We're almost like the Blazers. Let's leave every the, year there's something. Let's leave the Sixers out of this. But where, how do you see this Boston team going up a fully fit Milwaukee and a fully fit um, Brooklyn and even a fully fit Indiana and Miami, all of them? But yeah, but let's go. Sorry, let's just go Brooklyn and Milwaukee. I don't know yet. That's like all it comes down to. Um, I read it was a stupid tweet, but it seems accurate. Like every time a star leaves Boston, Tatum and Brown get better. That's just like how it's just trade Kimber and they're going to take another step as well. I just, Isaiah left, Horford left, Kyrie left, um, Hayward left. And every year they just keep improving. So I don't really know in terms of, where we're going to finish because we don't really know how sustainable what Jalen Brown's doing is or what Tatum's doing is. I think Tatum's more likely to keep on that level, but Brown doesn't look like he's really slowed down at all from the games he has played. His mid-range looks perfect. So 
I just, I honestly don't know yet. We started the season with the worst defense in the league and we've already worked that up to 17th worst or 17th best. Um, so like the defense is finally getting into gear. We've got the sixth best offense in the league and this is still missing Kemba. Um, so I really don't know when before, like going into the season as well. And I think we did speak about this off memory. We said Boston's bench was their biggest weakness. Do we say that? Maybe uh, I, I said that you guys are unbelievably thin and Brad Stevens yeah. will still get you up there somehow, which but is it looks like on track so far. Yeah, it looks like Semi Ojale's finally taken that step. And I was all about cutting him. I was like, Sam, he's had four years, he's useless. Yet finally, he actually looks comfortable out there. He's hitting threes finally, he's taking the ball to the rack. So I don't think the Celtics are really that far off. Well, I mean, every postseason, it happens where Boston overachieves every single year, except for when Kyrie was in town. So I don't really know where to rank them, but. I think they're like one piece away from at least the media and the general consensus to say the Celtics are a contender, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, but honestly, this team will go as far as Brown and Tatum take them. That's just my opinion. So while I've got you there in your realistic mind, <laughs> they don't have the piece yet. Um, how? So we're not putting anyone near Brooklyn. Or, or Milwaukee. Let's just put it all the other teams away away from them. Are they below Miami and Indiana in progressing in a postseason series? I would take Boston over both Miami and Indiana. And I still think Boston were better than Miami last season. It just that Miami just played better for about eight minutes of every single game. That was it. <laughs> Which is ridiculous to see like how you can lose a seven game series like that. But Boston had 20-point leads in so many of the games and blew them. And I think that was like one of the steps that they need, like Tatum and Brown especially needed to take. And like, um, what's his name? Billy Donovan's talking about it at the moment. Like, you need to learn to win. Yeah. He's talking about Chicago. Like, he gave an awful example. But he goes like, I would love to go to the moon, but I'm not willing to take – I'm not willing to learn how to be an astronaut but I'd love to go to the moon. And he goes, that's what winning is. And I was like, it's a shitty example, but you get where he's coming from. Like you've got to learn to hold on to leads and you've got to learn to grind out slow games. So I think, well, I'm hoping that that's happened. And Miami just, they don't look as good as they did last year at all. Indiana, I'm not that fussed by. So Miami have had no players. It, it, no. I know everyone's had this, but Miami have had no players and then they had to play against us. And I think also one or two more games. They've played like three or so games yeah. with like basically no one. Um, but Jimmy Butler doesn't look, he, already he doesn't look the same. Yeah, and we know he's coasting and we know he always takes it slow in the postseason. But even if. There's no way he could replicate what he did last season is what I'm thinking. Yeah. It would be I tough. just think that was a one-year anomaly. Tyler Hero is the same. Duncan Robinson. Yeah, like their stats look okay this year, but I think the more other teams find out about Robinson and Hero, the easier they'll be to stop. Yeah. So I think, in my mind anyway, Brooklyn and Milwaukee are top two. Boston and Philly are quite even. And then I'd go Miami and Indiana below that. 
Let's move on to the Western Conference and talk about a team that is uh, stumped me a little bit, the Golden State Warriors. We'll, we'll talk about the Warriors and then we'll talk about Lou Dort and then we'll finish up. Um, to start the season, I know they didn't have Draymond in, but I, I was really like, this is classic Warriors. Like, I've got them at, at the... At the bottom of the fight for the eight. So, you know, I don't know. What's that? Like 11th and 13th and whatever. Yeah. They're currently... I know everyone hasn't played their games, but they're currently sitting ninth, equal eighth, mm-hmm. equal seventh, actually. Six and six. Stephen Curry shows up for one or two games, then drops one. That's how he's been playing. But what I've been most impressed with is they've been playing a bit of good defense, um, talking Warriors. Andrew Wiggins has said this is the most comfortable he's felt in his life. He's looking like a decent defender at the moment on the Warriors. Um, what is? Have you watched much of the Warriors? What's your? I've take watched really four Warriors games, which should be up there for me. Um, I don't know where you're getting this good defense thing from because they're ranked 18 out of 30 for defensive rating. So it's not you know terrible. Me. I test. I test. The eye test is you're the <laughs> doesn't stats, help them at all. You're the stats guy. I'm the eye test. Um, no, Wiggins has been at least Wiggins and Draymond, of course, coming back on the court. Wiggins and Draymond, let's talk them. You know they they've been doing some nice defensive plays. They've been holding their own. Wiggins has Draymond. Found- yes, Wiggins. No, <laughs> Wiggins. Don't get me started. But I think what. Golden State have won, without a doubt, two games off the back of Steph Curry, maybe three. Yep. If you take out those two games and you play his average, they're sitting at four and eight. Yep. In terms of point differential for points per game, they've got the fourth lowest in the West. I think that's more, more of a bearing of where they are than their record because Steph literally carries them to that result. Do you I think- just... I don't think they've taken a turn defensively at all, from what, even from watching them. Not like they're not gonna, they're not gonna be championship defense, or they're not gonna be. I'm just trying to boost up some Warriors <laughs> fans, you know, some hopes. Who, that, who do you know that goes to Golden well, State to- tuning in? I've told you this. I'll before. speak to them. Look at our look at our beautiful logo that we have behind me. My man Jasper, shout out! He designs the logos, and he's a Warriors fan. And I have uh, to have a chat with Jasper because. <laughs> I think I need to uh, settle some expectations. <laughs> well, yes, I he bet me that the player that the Warriors are going to make the playoffs. He bet me a hundred dollars, and I took that so at the start of the season. Thank you very much. And I took it, but then he backed out of it after they got absolutely smacked by Milwaukee. You can't back out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I let him back out of it. I said, at least let the Warriors play Detroit, which was two games after Milwaukee and they beat Chicago and then Detroit, but he still wanted to back out because um, who went down? They had like an injury who, Oh gosh. Um, That guy, (laughs) that that guy, that helps. That guy had an injury. Oh Lord. Warriors players. Oh no. I've gone to Milwaukee. I'm thinking who's Marquise Chris. He's only played two games. Jordan Poole's only played seven. It's Marquise Chris. 
Yeah. They had an injury. And he's, he's thinking Marquise Chris is going to change whether they win or not. Take it easy on him. Mate. It might be the dumbest. <laughs> Marquise Chris might be the, you know how everyone gave JaVale shit for being an idiot. Marquise yeah. Chris might top that for the lowest IQ player I've ever seen in my life. Marquise Chris is pretty bad. Um, but my Warriors fan, Jasper, my man, I'm so sorry. He's, he's, he's probably he's like, oh, fuck you, JL. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Jasper. Um, Marquise he, Chris. Anyway, I have been impressed with Andrew Wiggins' defense, and I've also liked the sparks from James Weissman. It's, it's pronounced Weissman. Um, he looks good. He like, looks, yeah. For a guy who only played two, two games in college, I think it was, he's, you know, 11 and six. Just been thrown in the deep end, and he's sort of mm. got a bit of a, you know, a burden to carry on his shoulders. He looks good, man. He looks- I love the way Draymond's talking to him. Yeah. Like Draymond is like, you're going to be a superstar. I'm getting you there. It's, it's amazing how my opinion on Draymond's changed so much now that they're not winning. Yeah. I used to hate him so much and now I love listening to him talk and listening to how he views the game and stuff like that. He, uh, well, he is a good player. He's been mm. a good player, Draymond, and he knows what he's talking about. Defensive player of the year. Do you think he deserved it that year he won it? Yeah. He sort of he sort of did get a bit of the, you know, part of the championship team hype. Yeah, but he's he's one of the best defenders of all time. Wow. Like Jeez. I was gonna say top ten, but it's hard to put him top ten because how influential centers are, even though you know he's only playing one position down. But his ability to guard so many possessions, his defensive IQ. Mm. There aren't many players that can influence a game defensively like he can yep. in the history of the game. Uh, like you get, like say, for, say for example, Kawhi, who is one of the best perimeter defenders of all time, without a doubt. And he's won two defensive players of the year. You watch him in his prime. So we're talking like what, 2016, I reckon he was at his best defensively. And anytime someone drove, he'd either push them into whatever big man was defending or he'd get his hands on the ball. But even then, as a perimeter defender, you're only defending guys on the perimeter. Whereas Draymond, as a big man, was either playing safety and protecting the basket for every single possession or rotating onto... Like, he was just involved in probably twice as many defensive possessions as Kawhi was in his prime. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, Sorry. I've always loved, especially how... Because he's sort of undersized, you know, when they put Draymond... Mm, at definitely. The, at the five. At the five. Um, he's very undersized, but he's still, as you said, that sort of basketball defensive IQ, mm-hmm. the way he sort of shapes his body, calls out the plays and makes sure, you know, the right defenders are in the right spots has always been very admir- admirable uh, for Draymond. Let's, uh, let's finish up. Let's uh, talk about a guy who just needs to be talked about. We're not talking MVPs. We're not talking... Not yet, we're not. Give it a few more years. Sorry, yeah, my mistake. Give it a few more years. Lou Gens Dort, who was undrafted. He was didn't go he wasn't drafted, was he? Yeah. No. No. I think so. Uh in his first season last season with the Thunder, he only played thirty six games, but then had like a very hard assignment against James Harden in their 
series that went to seven in the playoffs last season and was up to the task yeah, and was unlucky to lose that series. And this season, what do you think is shying away or he's, he's getting worse or something like that? And Definitely me, not. And I was talking, as you could just hear, I was talking all about his defense. This man has gone from 6.8. I, I know he was only playing an average of 22 minutes per game, but he's gone from seven points per game to 13 points per game. He's definitely starting every game for the Thunder. He's part of their up-and-comers. This man is shooting 43% from three on nearly six attempts or just about five attempts. I, it's been an unreal transformation. Oh, he! imagine having a guy that can defend James Harden when he's 20 years old, shooting 43% from three. That's the three and D guy that you want. That's the best three and D guy of all time. Have you, have you seen his salary as well? No, I have not. So last year, he earned himself a whopping $155,000. Jesus. Now, he signed, he signed on... And it's a, it goes until the end of the 2023 season and he's owed $5 million. Wow. So for a bloke that's be, going to be getting you... One of the best contracts in the league. Like elite defense. And we're not saying that lightly. He's genuinely one of the better defenders in the league already. Who's shooting the three ball well. And I find it not ironic, but when it was the KD... And hard, uh, Katie and um and Russ Thunder, they did everything they could to find someone that could fill that three and D spot. Yep. And they had Cephalosha for a while, and that didn't really work. And they had Roberson, who shot one for fourteen in the playoffs years from the free throw line. <laughs> and they've finally moved on from those two guys and found this gem that would have been perfect for those teams. And he was just undrafted. So look. I, I just love watching him play, and that I think that game seven where he dropped thirty is just completely changed him as a player because his stroke looks so much nicer, and his mechanics weren't bad last year, but they were inconsistent. Yeah, and he would he'd switch a three and then miss by, you know, he'd brick it completely. Whereas now it just looks way more in rhythm. He's holding his follow through, and you can see that he expects the ball to go in as well. Yeah, he's listed as playing the two now, whereas uh, last year he was playing the, oh, what the the three or the four? What 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 is the three? Yeah, the three. He's really gonna. It looks like he's part of their future with SGA and Poku, and it's so funny. All the draft picks that they have in OKC, and one of their best players, up and comers, was undrafted. Yeah. Funny to say, JL. Let's let's wrap it up there. A nice, easy, laid back. Wasn't much to talk about. We we got some complaining done. Um, it's always, always nice to vent out a bit. I'm not going to complain about the following information. We have hit over 10,000 followers on our Facebook page. A, th- a big, very, a big, see, this is what you get when you come to, a big, very thank you is what I was about to blurt out. Professionalism. Professionalism. A huge thank you to everyone who is, uh, following and supporting us on social media, especially on Facebook. Go check that out. It's always happening. We're posting NBA updates, news, injuries, highlights, of course, podcasts. We're on Instagram as well and Twitter. So go check us out everywhere there. Whatever podcast app you find yourself on, whether it be Spotify, 
uh, Pandora, iHeartRadio. Press subscribe or follow whatever the button is. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, don't forget to leave a review or a five-star rating. It helps the show a lot. And also, if you're already not, go check us out on YouTube, hit subscribe and come watch us talk to each other for an hour. Look at our pretty faces. Yeah. I mean, I'm wearing a shirt for everyone today, JL. I made my bed, so... oh. I never make my bed. Have you seen? I, I only I only do it for for the pod. Oh, <laughs> have you seen those uh those fun facts or whatever? It's like bed bugs prefer when you make your bed. Like if you oh, they're nice and cozy in there. Because so, if you leave it unmade, they dry out or they you know the well, air. I'll be leaving my doodle on the floor from now on. <laughs> That's right, mate. So we're doing it right. Anyway, everyone, thank you so much for all the support. It's our one-year um, birthday of the Bronxshire basketball in about five days. So we'll be – next time we talk, we'll be one-year-old. JL, the pod. <laughs> I'm glad we're not. When we spoke about Zion Williams's debut, geez. Was that our first episode, Zion? Yeah, feels like a million years ago. We recorded after he shot all those threes in a row. Yeah, four threes in four minutes, whatever it was. What a journey. JL, thanks for coming on, and I'll let you get back to uh, your life. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Anytime. All right, thank you, everyone, for listening.